Hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everybody is having an absolutely fantastic day today. And be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com for the product of the week, the organic food buckets. You guys voted. They won. They're on sale right now on the website at healthmasters.com, so be sure to check those out. If you guys need anything, feel free to give us a call. We'll be happy, basically, to help you out with anything here. We do our very best to provide you with the highest quality nutrients and supplements, and we also try to help everybody in the right direction as far as what they need help with on that supplemental advice. So thank you again for support of Health Masters. First thing I want to bring up, and I saw this article last night, and I want to bring it up today, and it's discussing how Massachusetts School District is now telling their students to report on each other if they hear something offensive. This is getting very, very, you know, East Germany, communist. This is just starting to become very bizarre in this country now to where nobody can have their own opinion. Nobody can talk about anything. Heck, you're not even allowed to think certain things now like they're trying to say, which is all part of that mind control communist agenda they're trying to push. This is why it's so important that you be vocal. You don't have to be rude. don't have to be offensive. Somebody gets offensive by the truth. Well, that's their problem. But I saw the article here, and it said a school district in Massachusetts is actually turning students and staff on each other by asking them to report on their fellow classmates when someone says something they deem offensive, such as incidents of bias or microaggressions. They're saying here that they're reportedly encouraging its students and staff to basically tell on people, be good little snitches, documents from Wesley Public School obtained by Parents Defending Education, a grassroots group, claims that schools from activists are promoting harmful agendas. The district's Office of Diversity and Inclusion defines a bias incident or any, any conduct, speech, or expression that has an impact but may not involve criminal action but demonstrates conscious or unconscious bias. What? Examples listed are race, ethnicity, national origin, sex, gender identity, expression, sexual orientation, religion, or disability. However, there are more that they are continuing to add. Students are encouraged to report the instance of discrimination to any staffer or adult. Reports of any concerning behavior may be made anonymously. The policy states that though, though it adds anonymous reports are more difficult to investigate and respond to. The training slide even says that saying a rude or offensive joke that may mock a protected group and a person through electronic device is also a biased-based incident, including slurs, imitating somebody, imitating a person's cultural norm or language. This is just beyond nuts here. And this is, by the way, this is a public school system. This, this isn't bad enough in the colleges. We've already seen this at Columbia University and Yale and Harvard and all these unbelievably hardcore leftist schools. This is the public school system in this county and, and up in there in Massachusetts. They're literally telling kids, if you hear anything that even is remotely offensive, even if it's not even offensive, but you feel that it may be offensive to you, 
you report them and turn them in. This is, again, exactly what Dan and I have been yelling about for years with the public school system, their communist indoctrination, and how they are pushing their agenda on these young children. Because once you start training children like this, once you start teaching them that everything that happens, they have to wear their feelings on their sleeves, and anything somebody says is offensive to them, you build a giant generation of crybabies that cannot and will not do anything in the future because everybody's so concerned about coming up with something that's offensive because they basically have nothing going on in their lives that is productive. So they have to try to find things to be offended about. Horrific. I really hope the this activist group and this parents – really, really tighten up this school board over there because this is what they're starting to try to do all over the country, Dad, and it's not something that we can allow. What do you think? Well, I think you made a good point. It's a generation of crybabies is what it is. You know, they can't take responsibility for anything, and if somebody says anything to them, they get offended, and as soon as they get offended, they run and get, they go tell the teacher, Then the teacher has to get involved because of, what, how would you say, <laughs> basically political correctness and being woke. So then all of a sudden the person who's the offensive one gets castigated. And so what ends up happening is this. You create a giant snitch state where everybody's against everybody and you have massive division. That's what they're trying to do. It's about dividing people against people, destroying relationships, destroying families, destroying trust, destroying everything. And then pretty soon you get to a point where the entire generation has been raised that way and you can't hire them. You know, you can't say it. You can't, you can't bring them into an office where they're going to have interaction with other people because they don't want to interact with anybody. Everybody has to have their safe spaces, their Play-Doh and a puppy. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous. And, and this is what happens when you, when you, when you, you know, don't get me wrong. I loathe bullies. I hate bullies. I dealt with a bunch of bullies. I, well, I, I explained to some bullies a few times when I was younger that being a bully with me wasn't going to work. But the reality is this. You've got to learn how to defend yourself. Because you can't always rely on the state, which is what they're doing, which they're training them to do this, rely on the state to deal with the bully with you. And I've learned, you stand up to a bully, they throw a punch, you throw a punch back. You know, now you can use that metaphorically if you'd like. I don't want you to run out beating up people, but you can't sit there and put up with it. You can't allow people to basically put you down and sit there and take it. You know, and if you have a, how should I say, if you want to joke about something that's maybe not as politically correct as it should be, whatever, listen to the show. That's all we do all day long for a full hour on our show is, is basically point out the absurdities of what they're trying to make us do and force us to do, right? So what they don't want you to do is to question the state. The state is all-powerful. The state is God, and they're going to go ahead, and if you don't basically listen to what they tell you to do, you can do what the Benghazi witch said to do. We can put everybody into a re-education camp so they'll start thinking right, and that's what this all boils down to is creating a situation, an environment in which they only think the way the state wants them to think. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're bullying somebody else and you're picking on somebody else and you're really being obnoxious with it, you shouldn't be doing that. Even if you're a kid, you shouldn't be doing that. But, you know, kids are brats most of the time, just to let you know that, especially when they interact with one another because they're trying to figure out where the pecking order is. They're trying to find out who the alpha males are, who the alpha females are. Everybody's trying to figure out where they fall into the great scheme of life when they're in a theta brainwave state because they're in a fantasy world. Anyhow, they think Santa Claus is real. Yeah, they, they think they think Santa Claus <laughs> they think Santa Claus is real, and yet we're trying to teach them that they can be a snake or a dog or a cat or whatever they want to be because you know Santa Claus is real. The problem is when you tell them that Santa Claus is real, 
they believe you that Santa Claus is real, and they don't know what to do as far as how to figure out Santa Claus is not real because it's been wired into their brain. Finally, they realize when they're 8, 9, 10, 12 years old, hey, mom and dad lied to me about Santa Claus. That ain't cool. <laughs> okay, so what do they do? They turn right back around and lie to their children about Santa Claus. Why don't you make Christmas about Jesus? Yeah, why, why, why don't we do that? Instead of making some guy come down a chimney, and, you know, basically you can see, find out if you're naughty or nice. Why don't you talk about bringing honor and glory to the Most High God through Jesus Christ as we celebrate the Christian Christmas season? That's what I always do with my family and my children. I never told them it was, it was Santa Claus. I can't believe you're in the Grinch. You stole Christmas, Dad. He took Santa Claus away from these. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The two fundamental things of life in order to allow love to take place and maintain love are trust and respect. you got to trust your parents. You gotta trust your kids. You gotta respect your parents. You gotta respect your kids. Well, I may not agree with dad, but he told me there wasn't no Santa Claus. He told me the truth. He always told me the truth. Okay, that's what you want. That's what you want. But he lied to me about Santa Claus. What else is he lying about? Well, yeah, okay. We can't go there. Because they took Jesus out of Christmas doesn't mean we're supposed to do that. Now, if you want to talk about Saint Nicholas, okay? The Saint in Europe who delivered presents and toys to children. And basically, that's what Santa Claus is based on. But Santa Claus isn't real. That's okay, too. One time we were at a German market, a Christmas market, when you could actually go to Germany without being forced to be basically injected with a you know, kill shot. And I remember we had our children. We, I, think, I believe we had all three of them with us, the little ones. Austin was already an adult. And we went to the Christmas markets over in Europe, over in Germany. We traveled all over Germany and Austria, went to the markets. It was a blast. And I remember we went to this one where they were celebrating, you know, basically St. Nicholas, the actual saint. And there was a guy dressed up like he was St. Nicholas, and he was giving out toys to the children. And the kids saw him, and I, well, he wasn't dressed up, you know, with a you know, big beard and red Santa Claus suit. <laughs> he didn't look like that. It was, it was basically symbolic of who St. Nicholas was. It was in a very, very, very religious town in southern Germany. And I'll never forget, the kids all went up on the stage. I think he gave him an apple or something. And my, my kids, you know, they speak a little bit of German because I taught it to them. And every time he got, gave him an apple, they'd say Danke, which means thank you. And finally, he stops the entire procession. And he starts fussing in German. And I start laughing. He goes, why is it that I only have these children out of all of these children telling me thank you? Oh, yeah, he stopped the entire parade to say what my, son, what my children had done. And then after that, all the rest of the kids started saying Danke, 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 you know, thank you for, the, for giving me the apple. But see, that's how you have to train up your children in the way they should go. But, you know, what they're doing with the snitch state is they don't want the parents to have the input. They want the state to have the input. Now, there was an article that came out yesterday, and I, I read part of it on the air yesterday. And then it had a, it had a, it had a um, paragraph in here. I want to read just this one. And this is, uh, this is going back to, like, what happened with 9-11 and what's happening with this, with this, this coronavirus and what's happening with this vaccine. Because remember – the coronavirus mutated quickly. It's easy to deal with that. It's not easy to deal with the spike proteins being injected into you along with nanotech. That's not easy, all right? Now, there's two things you can do, and I talked about this earlier. The N-acetylcysteine in one study was shown to help stop and to mitigate the damage to the endothelial cells on the inside of the blood vessels, the blood lining vessels, and the inside of the intestinal tract. I recommend that everybody be taking N-acetylcysteine every day now, at least two capsules a day, just as preventative. And it's not going to hurt you because it's a really good product, and it really helps to maintain healthy lung tissue. Number two is nitric oxide. 
because it had, because number two, the nitric oxide was massively reduced in people who had been injected, you know, with this, you know, this kill shot. And what they found was that if you basically take a product that releases nitric oxide in the system, like our HGH stimulate, it helps to allow the, allows the blood vessels to continue to expand and to contract like they're supposed to do. And it allows your body to function properly with the nitric oxide. Without nitric oxide, you have a massive reduction in your libido. That's what happens. Without zinc, you have a massive reduction in your libido. If you take zinc, HGH stimulate, and vitamin C, D3, you massively increase your libido and also increase your immune system. Very important you understand that. So N-acetylcysteine, HGH stimulate. Now, if you take a zinc supplement with the HGH stimulate, the HGH stimulate contains quercetin. And quercetin allows the portals to open up into the cells to allow the cells to take in the zinc. Very important because zinc stops viral replication. So that's why we recommend that you take zinc and acetylcysteine, HGH stimulate, vitamin C, D3K2, and potassium iodine in the event you want to keep a strong immune system. That's what it does. The N-acetylcysteine is going to help maintain healthy lung tissue, but it's also going to help maintain you know, <laughs> you know, protection of the endothelial cells, according to the study that I read to you guys a few years, a few months ago. So this is really important you maintain your health right now. I take the N-acetylcysteine. I never took that on a regular basis, by the way. You know, it's in a few of the products that we have, but I've been taking it every single day now. Really, really important. But this is, a, this is an interesting one because of this giant psychop they put on us. Think about it this way. The last giant psychop they threw on us in the United States was 9-11. It really was. And, of course, we've had all the other things like the Vegas shooting and the Pulse Club shootings and all these other shootings that have happened. But they've never been to the magnitude of 9-11. 9-11 was a big deal. The United States was physically attacked on our shore. Buildings were taken down, including the Solemn Building, which was the third tower to fall eight hours later, Building 7, which no one talks about, by the way. But this was a giant thing to allow them to bring in the Patriot Act and to destroy a whole bunch of records they needed, and to seize a bunch of gold that was in the basements of the towers. Just thought I'd throw that one in there. I haven't really talked about that before. But this last thing they had was 9-11. Now, this coronavirus vaccination spike protein kill shot makes 9-11 look like a bedtime story. Yeah, it really does. It really does. I'm going to say it again. It makes 9-11 look like a bedtime story. But remember, their key to their success – Okay is basically forcing people to accept one lie after another lie after another lie to soften them up to bigger lies. They push the acceptance of you know, contraception, and you can be sure that the abortion domino goes next. Then you have the free sex, and you have the protected sex. Then now we have partial birth abortion, even post-birth abortion infanticide, which has been legalized in America. You can basically cut the umbilicals of some of these children as they lay on the table like they're some kind of animal or some type of blob. And if you don't want to have this baby, you just cut the umbilical and let it bleed out. Yeah, they do that. And then, by the way, there's a giant industry for that. They love doing that because that baby now is not, quote, unquote, a person because he died during childbirth. They seem to try to justify that, and they're able to sell that entire corpse for basically organ harvesting and collagen harvesting, and to basically sell that child, that infant, for research. This is a huge industry. These babies can be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars each if they're born intact, and they're able to make huge amounts of money. Oh, yeah. This thing goes on with the sexual revolution of the country. 
Now they've normalized all of this crazy stuff with the sexual revolution. Now homosexuality is considered okay. Same-sex marriage is considered okay. Now you're going to have pedophilia, which the elite have been indulging in for years, and I use the term elite very, very loosely. I don't consider them the elite of anything. The Kabbalist pervert weirdos, synagogue of Satan lowlife. That sounds better, doesn't it? They have been engaging in this for years and years and years and years. You see, this is what we have to do. We have to continually call these guys out for who they are and what they're involved in. Because, guys, if we don't do that, you know, we don't get in, we don't get into a situation where, you know, we are understanding what's happening and we have to understand what they're doing to us. We really do. Because if we don't do that, it's not going to get any better. Let me give you an example. This is more, this is more truth combined with, how should I say, disinformation. And they're telling you the truth. They're not telling you who did it. And they're talking about that Mao's cultural revolution has arrived in America. Well, Mao was paid for by the Rothschild banking cartel. I gave you the names, the dates, the places, and the numbers a few weeks ago on a show on how they completely funded the entire Chinese revolution. That, I told you why. They failed in Russia because of the Russian Orthodox Church. The Soviet Union fell apart because they would accept communism in a godless society. China didn't care because they didn't have any Christians there. They took it. They allowed themselves to be killed. From 1966 to 1976, Chinese society suffered under what we now call the Cultural Revolution. The Cultural Revolution, previously known as the Great Proletarian Cultural Revolution, was a multifaceted affair undergirded by a vicious fanatical campaign to destroy the four O's, quote, they decided they had to get rid of old things, old ideas, old customs, and old habits. The four olds had already suffered setbacks in the years of the communist rule preceding the Cultural Revolution, but the Maoist leadership tried to use a new revolutionary upsurge launched in 66 to eliminate them completely. Again, this is all banker-controlled, Kabbalist control. In the turbulent years from 66 to 68, what remained of the old religious practices – got to get rid of that, remember – the old superstitions, the old festivals, the old social practices, such as traditional weddings and funerals, and old ways of dress were violently attacked and suppressed. Visual evidences of old things were destroyed, and there was a burning of old books and smashing of old art objects. Tragically, it seems that the United States is in the midst of an own cultural revolution. Now we have statues being taken down, so Civil War statues being taken down. You know, Revolutionary War statues being taken down. We're taking down everything in the United States and destroying all vestiges of traditional society. If a man marries a woman and has children and they go to church and they love each other and they walk in love and they work hard and they succeed. That's got to go away. That's traditional society. Baseball, hot dogs, apple pies, Chevrolet. Also, we have to get rid of all vestiges that celebrate freedom, individualism. And American exceptionalism. You're not exceptional. You're a white person. You need to die, boy. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I don't want to die. And by the way, I'm not a boy. I'm 65 years old, and I really won't be putting up with that. In China, during the Cultural Revolution, as the New York Times describes the four old things, it basically had to be eliminated. Now, in the United States, during the woke revolution, we're doing the same thing. We want to get rid of the founding fathers. We want to get rid of the electoral college. We want to get rid of the old ideas of equality, of opportunity. We have to get rid of all of that stuff. Old customs are now standing for a national anthem. Basically, standing for the national anthem is an old custom. That has to be stopped. Get on your knee, boy. You can't stand for the national anthem. That flag, that flag's an insult. That's what they want you to believe. They want you to hate the United States of America. You know, 
Now they don't want the United States to be a land of opportunity. It will now be land known as a land of oppression. And this is all because of what happened in 9-11 with the trigger, with the bombing of the trade towers and the implementation of the Patriot Act. They had to come in and put a totalitarian necktie, a noose on us, and tighten it and tighten and tighten it until finally you say, okay, 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 I'll accept same-sex marriage. Okay, 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 okay. You can be 40 different genders. It's okay. I don't care. You can be a sponge today. Leave me alone. Stop torturing me. Okay. 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 Look, I don't care. If you, if you want to be a pedophile, I'm okay with that. No, I'm not. But that's what they want you to say. And they want you to go on and on and on. Hey, no church for you on Easter peasant. But I don't want to be a peasant. I want to go to church. You can't go to church. You go to church when they arrest you. Yeah. That's where we are. That's why we are in the middle of a giant, cabalist, communist, socialist, satanic revolution here in the United States. We've got to stand for what Jesus Christ tells us to do. For he, listen to this, listen, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's telling you to maintain that culture. That's telling you to remain that, maintain that relationship. That's telling you that Jesus Christ isn't going to be tossed to and fro by every whim of teaching, whether it's from the Schofield reference mess or not. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And our cultural norms in the United States of God and of family and of love and of Jesus have to stay the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we've got to get it back. Also, what do you think, bud? That's well said. And, I mean, and this is why I've continued to – tell a lot of my friends and health masters family and everybody that you can't you, you have to walk the walk with what you're standing for you can't go and support businesses and companies and organizations that are diametrically opposed to what you believe in and are actually promoting agenda that you blatantly disagree with you can't do it that concept has eluded so many patriots and christians Oh, I, I'm I'm not gonna not gonna do this. I'm not gonna stand up for this. Well, hold hold on a minute. I'm going through the Starbucks drive-through real quick. I, I need my eight dollar mocha latte, whatever you know size. Uh, I need I need that right now. That's right. What really? What, I mean, they're they're blatantly anti Second Amendment and they're hardcore pro abortion. So if you're about gun disarmament and you're about abortion, well, by all means, go to Starbucks every day. Give them all your money. I don't care, but. Don't sit there and talk one way about what you believe and what you basically are going to stand for, but go give money to these organizations. That's why I've told people before. I said, why in the world do people that blatantly want to make this country better, that want to stand up for our rights, why do they continue to promote these companies and allow them to be pushed so heavily? Like Disney World, for instance. You guys know I'm, I'm ab- absolutely do not support Disney World. Disney World today is not what Disney World was 20, 30 years ago when I used to go there when I was a little kid. It's not. Now, granted, it's if you do some research on Walt Disney and what that entire place was built on, how from the very beginning – they lied to the entire central Florida populace and basically got the property bought under a shell company so nobody knew Walt Disney was building it and putting a giant amusement park there so they would sell them the property for pennies on the dollar. Then they went in and got all these exceptions through the city and the county and the state to go in and backfill with everything, stuff you can't even do anywhere in Florida with the swamps and the protected areas. 
that whole thing started strange. Well, then when they – I've told you guys before, they're unbelievably hardcore anti-gun, and not just anti-gun. They'll straight prosecute you. Dad sent me an article the other day that said, armed at Disney World, more ta- more tourists caught with concealed guns during pandemic. And the article is quite interesting. I've told you guys before, I've, I've been pretty much ejected out of Disney World, actually was fully ejected multiple times, including under threat of arrest because I've carried a firearm, even to the Disney Springs. Now they have full security and metal detectors at Disney Springs now. And it, they went on to say here that more and more people are getting busted walking into Disney and Disney Springs with firearms, some of which get arrested. But one thing about this whole article that really caught my eye and it showed me, and this is one of the reasons why I don't support that company, because everything they do is about mass surveillance. And a lot of the technology they have, they have beta tested at EBCOT to figure out how to get the surveillance systems, the facial recognition software, all dialed in on a large populace without any blowback. Because you think about it, you get some multi-million dollar facial recognition software you can't just roll it out in the city and see how it works. You, you really have to have it beta tested. You have to work the glitches out of it and figure out how it's going to work. Epcot, the always been used for that technology, and they came here in the article here, and it says, Disney's cutting-edge technology at security checkpoints at the theme parks and Disney Springs have become much stronger. Known as the Evolve system, that's the name of it, Evolve, E-V-O-L-V. The Evolve system is a walk-through weapon detector all visitors must go through that uses artificial intelligence to to determine what a person is carrying, whether it's a cell phone, a gun, or something else, and where the item is located on the person. That's one of the beauties of the Evolve company philosophy and the latest iterations of detection equipment that could be more precise. And so what they've seen, and this is pretty much what I figured out, you know, where every time I had gone there, I got completely harassed. Even when I wasn't carrying a gun, I'd get harassed. When I was carrying a gun, I would be ejected out. They'd ask me, and it was like they would pinpoint me right out of a crowd, even when I didn't walk through one of these detectors. I've never seen the Evolve detectors there. They used to have metal detectors back in the day, but now they have these big walk-through systems. Why are you going to go give money, especially four or $500 for a single pass, to a company that's still making you wear masks on top of that? They're saying if you've been fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask walking around. But any rides, any restaurants, any stores, any common areas, you must put on a mask at all times, even if you're fully vaccinated. What? Get out of here, dude. This is what we have to start doing is stop supporting clowns like this that are blatantly violating everybody's American rights. And we have to continue to say, listen, it's private property, and that's their rules. I'm not going to support it. That's what we have to start doing. Because the more that people comply, and it's like Dad just says, that can go. Last year, if you go to church, you go to jail. I remember the pastor out in Tampa, he was having church services. And they said, no, you can't have church services. They're banned. He goes, no, we're going to do it anyways. Now, some of the stuff he said before and after, don't necessarily agree with all of it, but they straight came in and took him out in handcuffs, arrested him. They did that in numerous states all over the country, including currently happening in Canada still to this day. They're still doing it. You're not essential. Your church is not essential. You cannot have a church service. If you have a church service, we're going to arrest you. 
Does anybody else find that even remotely odd, considering the fact that Costco, Walmart, Sam's, Amazon, all these other big businesses have had zero, zero days they were told to shut down one single time? Well, because they were essential. Guys, really? Are we we really going to go back and forth on that? I I got so many arguments last year about that. Well, they're deemed essential. I said, well, please show me that in the Bill of Rights. Where certain workers are essential, certain businesses are essential, and certain ones are not. You kidding me? That was literally they came up with out of thin air. No backing, no scientific reasoning, no, no science at all supporting that theory. But yet it worked gracefully. Now there are hundreds of thousands of small businesses in this country that now have loans to the federal government through PPP that now have to deal with that for the next 5, 10, 20 years of being in debt on top of everything else they went through. We have tens of thousands of businesses that have been shut down permanently, just done, will never reopen again. And at the same time, we saw what? Amazon, Walmart, Sam's, Costco, their net worth, their gross sales went up literally tens of billions of dollars, some case hundreds of billions in total aggregate as far as their overall value in stocks in literally less than a year. So once you start seeing what they're doing, that's when you start understanding why we've been so aggressive about what we've been doing and why we encourage everybody to be as incredibly strict on your beliefs as much as you can. Also, to another news, you guys remember last week I talked to you about how the CDC came out and they said they're doing a full-blown investigation with U.S. health officials about basically the myocarditis and the pericarditis in young teens that are getting this COVID experimental gene editing shot. And I told you the research of what they're saying now all the way from Tucker Carlson saying in Germany they're telling young kids don't get this shot now. In Israel they came out with the same report. In Canada now they've had at least one public health official observe the same thing, said it's more than coincidental with this inflammation of the heart. I saw a horrible story, but it really was – it kind of opened my eyes even more. So, no, Ohio college student dies basically after her heart transplant goes sideways, and she's a 19-year-old Northwestern University freshman. Simone Scott passed away from pneumonia after following a heart transplant. Well, I couldn't really get much information on the story until I started researching it. Then I found out all of a sudden she got the injection back on April 3rd. She had serious short-term side effects from the COVID injection. Then she got her second COVID injection, and she went into full-blown heart failure. Ended up being in the hospital to the point where they told her parents she has to have a heart transplant. Her heart is shutting down. They said she's completely healthy. She's never had any health problems. She's 19 years old. Now, all of a sudden, right after she gets the second dose, she's going into heart failure. He goes, yeah. So they ended up getting her a heart transplant, and uh, within a couple days after the heart transplant, her body was not accepting it well. She got pneumonia, and she died. How long are we going to pretend and put our heads in the sand that this isn't happening with these shots? How long are we going to ignore this, my friends? Because it is time America starts getting vocal about what they are injecting into us, not us, all the people that are accepting it, and into these young children now wanting to do it all the way into six-month-olds, which is, I find that incredibly egregious. So again, get the truth out there. A lot of these articles are posted on the website at Health Masters. Be sure to check them out. What do you think, Dad? Well, 
you know, a heart transplant for a 19-year-old who dies after the heart transplant because the spike protein so tacked her endothelial linings, which we talked about just earlier in the show in my first segment, that she basically was probably pushing out blood clots or her body rejected it because her immune system was shot or hyper-accelerated. Something happened to her to you know, basically reject this heart at the age of 19. The sad part about it is that she needed a heart transplant at the age of 19. It's so ridiculous. I mean, she was fine until the second shot. Yeah, last night I, I talked to a lady at Marriott. I was actually canceling the reservation for this weekend. And what ended up happening is she started talking to me because she's operating from home, working from home. And she just got into a chit-chat with me. Now, then I began to realize why well, I had to wait on hold for 30 minutes because everybody's chit-chatting at home. But the reality is this. She, oh, I've had all the vaccines. Oh, yeah, I've had all this. Oh, yeah, my son did all the research on him. Oh, my son basically got really, really paranoid about the, you know, the coronavirus. He did all this research. And, oh, yeah, he told me to get these vaccines. And I'm like, whatever. Then she started asking me questions. Well, then she shouldn't have done that. Well, then the conversation, we, we talk forever about this. The reality is this. You know, a lot of people are getting these shots because of fear. She said her son was, had been diagnosed with massive anxiety disorder because of what happened being locked in his house for the past year, which, quite frankly, um, I guess it kind of depends on, you know, your family and your home and where you live and getting locked down forever, like being in jail. It does have a tendency to create you know, anxiety disorders pretty much for anybody who gets put into a place where they can't leave the house, including me. I, I don't like it either, but it just is what it is. But the reality is, is, you know, I've had an outlet with you guys. Austin, and I have an outlet. We get to go into your homes every day. Yep, every day. We get to show up and sit there on the couch with you have a chit-chat. And so I enjoy this. That's why I pray for you every day because you guys are my family. And it gives me an outlet, and a place to go, a thing to do, a break from the monotony of the being locked down and the monotony of everything else and not being able to go places still in Florida because a lot of the retailers are still telling you, no shot, no mask, no peasant comes in. Present, and I don't need to give you my money. You know, we used to go to Epcot when we were when we were younger with the children. We had annual passes, and we would literally go to Epcot or Disney sometimes two or three times a week because it was something to do with the kids. You get to walk around the big circle around the lake. It was really nice. Not anymore. The last few times, even years ago when I was going there, it was it was turning into a police state. Like Austin said yesterday, the Epcot, the Environmental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, it was designed pretty much through the CIA as far as crowd control and population control and turning into a snitch state and basically doing what we're having done right now. Was it beta tested at Epcot with their cameras everywhere? Probably. But, you know, we've got to stop and think for one second about these spike proteins. And I'm going to give you some advice real quick. This is really important. The home I live in is about 30 years old. I've been living here for about 27, 28 years. It's a nice house, you know, but it's not airtight. In other words, it leaks like a sieve. I mean, I got cracks in the windows, cracks in the doors. I mean, 30 years ago when they built stuff, they didn't build it to be airtight. Now we have spraying, blown-in insulation, sprayed-in foam insulation. We've got windows that meet certain energy requirements. They even come in now when you do a house and you build a new house. They come and do a pressure test. They, do, they shut the doors and go in with a pressure machine to see how much pressure you're putting into the house to make sure it's not leaking. All right? That's a problem. Okay. Now, listen to me for a second. If you go somewhere and you get exposed to spike proteins, if you go somewhere and you get exposed to the cold or the flu or something else that's contagious and you bring it home and you get sick, there's no way for those things to come out of your circulatory system in the house with your air handlers. The air handlers have specific frequencies or filters sometimes and different things they have as far as different types of lights you can put into them, and they'll kill a lot of this stuff, but they're not going to kill all of it. 
So you're going to circulate this stuff. So let's say you come home with a cold or the flu and it's contagious and you're coughing and you're hacking and you're carrying on and you got the AC on. The house has not been opened up, has not been ventilated. This stuff's going to circulate, 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 circulate. You may catch it once or twice or three times. The whole family may get it. What we do at my house is this. We have one of those old, what do you call it, uh, attic fans. We, yeah, we actually have an attic fan in the house, and it's in the garage. And if we ever want to cool off the garage, we just hit the switch, and it pulls fresh air into the garage, cools off the garage, and also does another thing. If we close all of the doors – or excuse me, if we open all the doors in the house and all the windows in the house and close the garage doors and we flip the attic fan on, it pulls fresh air through the house, and it ventilates the house. Now, if you don't have an attic fan, which most of you aren't, all you got to do is open all the doors, open all the windows, turn all the ceiling fans on, and turn on the air conditioner. Why? Because you want any air that's contaminated inside of the duct units, the duct inside, the ducts inside of the attic or in the floors. If you live up north, you want all of that stuff to be ventilated and pushed out and pulled outside. You say, well, it's hot down here in Florida. We can't do it here in the summertime. No. Do it at 6 o'clock in the morning. Get up at 6. It's going to be 70, 73 degrees. It'll be pretty nice. And open all the doors, all the windows, all the ceiling fans. If you have other fans, you can put them in the doors and actually blow in fresh air, blow out air, suck out air. Really important. With spike proteins and with different types of stuff they're releasing into the environment now, you got to keep it out of your house so you don't circulate it and spread it to everybody in the house. That's really, really important. I want to cover that today because a lot of you don't know that. A lot of you don't know that your homes are pressure tested before you move into them by the contractor to make sure that they don't breathe. The houses have to breathe. By the way, you know, I was, I mentioned this earlier, earlier ago, and I want to say this again. You know, the Biden administration, you know, and, you know, in Barack Obama administration, they were given huge money to have fetuses and organs from the children that were being aborted. I'm going to read this to you from LifeNews.com. Obama, Biden administration wanted aborted baby parts from boy babies to create humanized mice. What kind of sickos? Who does stuff like this? This is that satanic agenda. This is the Kabbalists again. And Trump got rid of that. I'll give him credit for that. He quit funding a lot of that. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Of course, Biden reversed those executive orders that Trump had done to basically put it all back into play again. This is what we do and what these people are doing in the United States of America because they don't care about you or me or our children. They don't see us as human beings. They really don't. They see us basically as just soulless animals. That's what they say in their own Kabbalist rhetoric. They, they really do say that. They, they believe we're soulless animals. Another thing that came out a couple of weeks ago, since we're talking about kids, UNICEF came out with something promoting open internet for children. And now one reporter came out and said they're promoting porn for children because it violates the rights of the children to have the internet censored or controlled. And now they're coming back in and saying, well, UNICEF didn't say this. And so the reality is this. UNICEF said that children should be allowed to basically have access to internets without being, what I, how should I say, without having to be told by their parents what they could and couldn't have as far as what they could or couldn't watch on the Internet. So there's a thing here that you got to realize. UNICEF is not who it used to be. UNICEF used to be for the children, to feed the children and the hungry children around the world. That all changed with UNICEF back in the 60s. Back in the 60s, UNICEF started promoting abortion. 
They started promoting large amounts of contraception. They started basically going in and doing all kinds of things they weren't actually designed to do to start with. And now killing these children with abortion is basically an official policy of UNICEF. They're doing this over and over and over again all over the world. And see, once you understand that and you understand who these guys are, you go, well, why are our tax dollars being part of this? Well, we got to remember something. UNICEF basically is a agency of the United Nations, which is completely and totally Zionist controlled. It's all under the same Zionist umbrella. And if we understand that, then we realize very, very quickly they're not here for our best interest. Now, I've got to stop for one second. I've got to say this, and this is really important because I'm not going to sit here and let this go without making a comment on it. You know, what we have here is a problem in third world countries. We, we really do. Third world countries are generating about 100 million more people every year that they can't feed or maintain. And so we have a lot of children who are sick in third world countries. So what we thought we could do back in the 60s and the 70s was to go into these countries and feed these children. You see the problem already. When you feed these children in third world countries that basically can't support themselves or feed themselves, they reproduce and have more children of their own that can't feed themselves or support themselves. Hence why we have 100 million children now being born in third world countries. This is the direct intervention that was done by UNICEF and the United Nations and many of these other quote-unquote well-meaning organizations that have gone in and done this. Now, what should have been taught to these people was proper, how should I say, ways not to get pregnant. Not abortion. I'm not promoting that at all. But let's, let's, let's realize that a woman has a cycle. You really don't need to have sex, you know, from the 10th to the 14th to the 16th day with your wife because there's a high probability she's going to be dropping an egg and she's going to be ovulating and you're going to get her pregnant. All of these things in this education should have been taught to these individuals in these third world countries. Now, as a final extreme, which could be done, and this is – I'm not saying this is good. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying this could be done. They could tie their tubes. They could give them vasectomies. They could do all kinds of stuff. To prevent these hundred million babies a year to be born, they could do all that stuff. They could proper, you know, they could practice, you know, proper contraception. Whatever they want to do, whatever floats your boat, whatever you think is okay. But going in and killing these kids with abortion, or giving them shots, tetanus shots to sterilize these children, and all the other thing, it's just a problem. And then here's what they do. Because these third world countries can't feed themselves, they can't control what they're doing as far as the reproductive cycle, they've got to find a way to combat global global growth. So instead of going in and controlling the growth in third world countries, and by the way, I know all of what I'm saying right now is completely and politically incorrect, and at this point, I really don't care anymore. But this is what they should have done. They should have controlled the third world country growth, but they don't want to do that. So they went to the Western world, and they started promoting abortions, 60 million abortions here in the United States probably twice that throughout the world, probably 10 times that throughout the world. And they start going to Western civilizations, people in places like Germany and France and the United States and Canada and other countries that had the ability to take care of their children. And they start pushing our birth levels down by putting hormones in the food, by putting bisphenol A in the food, by giving women chemicals and compounds during pregnancy, which causes them to abort. So now all of a sudden we have a 1.6% times replacement of our gene pool here in the United States, which means within 40 years, our population of this country will be cut in half without immigration from what, guess where? Third world countries that can't feed themselves with people who aren't educated enough to maintain a job or even run equipment. That's what we've run into. 
So instead of going in and taking care of this in the third world like they should have done properly, they'd taken it to the first world, to the Western civilization, to destroy it. Why? Here we go. Western civilization. We have Rome. We have all of the stuff that happened in the Dark Ages. We have the Colosseum. We also have the Renaissance with Michelangelo. We also have the Industrial Revolution. And we also have a higher, how should I say, IQ score than a lot of the other parts of the world. And so we're harder to control, aren't we? Yes, we are, especially the white people and the black patriots and the Hispanic patriots who basically don't want to be a, how should I say, slave in the great cog of the new world order. And we go, hey, how about no, 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 and no again. And they go, shut these guys up. So wouldn't they rather have mindless, obedient slaves who can't think from third world countries who have a much lower IQ score? What's the average IQ score? Somalia, 57 to 68. Yeah. Wouldn't they rather have that coming in for their, how should I say, slave race since they all feel as though they get 2,500 slaves when they take over and there's 500 million people left on the planet? Isn't that the group that always wants to destroy everything that God made? That's that group, isn't it? Turn everything upside down to invert everything? Is it that group again? Yes, it's that group running UNICEF. It's that girl group running the World Health Organization. It's that group running the United Nations. It's that group that caused the Russian Revolution and the Chinese Revolution and the cultural degradation and the current revolution we are experiencing here in the United States of America. Keep your hearts and minds on Jesus. Austin, what do you think, bud? What's your next story? Yes, and one thing I wanted to touch base on when you said a second ago, this agenda of trying to push the Internet onto young children is an exact example of what we've been talking about with them trying to manipulate, pervert, and bring in the children into this horrific culture that they have built along the Internet. The Internet has been a double-edged sword. Not only has it been a place to push a lot of truth, and a lot of alternative media, it's also been a place to push a lot of perversion and lies. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because it is absolutely important, my friends, that you do not allow your children to have unfettered access to social media and Internet in general, period. There's so many issues that are starting to come about from this, and the one I'm about to get to now shows you even further. They're now saying that the Facebook which the Internet in general, they're saying now, is obviously the biggest hotbed for sex trafficking cases. But they're now saying that last year alone, the number of cases filed in 2020 of sex trafficking via the Internet was went up 11%. Now, the Internet is the major platform for traffickers to recruit sex trafficking victims and solicit buyers of commercial sex. In 2020... 59% of online victim recruitment and active sex trafficking cases basically occurred on Facebook. 59% of online victim recruitment and active sex trafficking cases occurred on Facebook. 59%. Let that sink in for a second. Why in the world do they want to bring Facebook 
to the young kids. Why in the world is Mark Zuckerberg working on a children's Facebook? Because right now, allegedly, you know, you're not allowed to have a Facebook unless you're at least 13 years old. Like that makes you some adult age. Well, the problem with it is all you have to do is put in your birthday to make a Facebook account. Change your year a couple years, and now you got an 8, 9, 10-year-old with a Facebook account. There is no reason for kids to be involved in social media at a young age. I've gone into detail in previous shows about why they built the Facebook and why they built the Internet platform, the social media platforms where they did, most of which being modeled around the casino slot machine psychological profiles as far as how it gets people addicted to them to where they're constantly on social media all day, all night. All they're trying to get is more basically dopamine hits and basically more likes or more followers or more hearts or more whatever it is. They're constantly trying to do it. And the problem is a lot of these kids don't even get to live life anymore. They're so wrapped up in this this image they have on social media, they don't even know who they are. It's hard enough being a kid and growing up and figuring out where you fit in in this big world and making friends and going places and doing things. It's supposed to be organic. It's supposed to be natural. It's supposed to be face-to-face. I was talking about a buddy of mine that yesterday. He's uh, 31 or the other day, and we're talking about how social media has pretty much ruined this younger generation from the sexual deviance to the absolute constant dopamine trigger. And he said, here's the problem that I have found. He goes, because I was asking him, so have you been dating anybody? He said, well, I was dating this one girl for a while, but basically we had a bunch of issues. And I, He said, the problem that I found now, he said, because social media has become so prevalent with these dating apps, he said, a lot of these girls and guys alike, as soon as they're dating somebody and there's even a mild conflict, even a disagreement about something, all of a sudden they go on their social media and they can have three, four, five, six different guys lined up that they want to talk to and pick which they want to go out with another one a different night. He said there's, there's zero loyalty now in this, the young generation. And he said that's why – so he's been like trying to date girls that are actually older than him now because they're more of like the generation – X, you know, our generation, basically the the millennials, so to speak, at the very tail end that actually have some loyalty still and actually generally like to have conversation with people in person. That's the other thing he said. He said a lot of these people, a lot of these girls, because you talk to them like online, because everybody meets everybody now. He said they meet them in person. All they want to do is sit online on their phone while they're on a date. He's like, um, can we communicate? Keep your kids off social media. 59% of online victim recruitment and active sex trafficking cases occurs on Facebook. Keep them off of it the best you possibly can until they're at an age where they're starting to make you know more adult decisions. You get a kid that's 16, 17, 18 years old, it's pretty difficult at that point to keep them off social media. But guys, I mean, I've, I've seen stuff, these kids four, five, six years old on social media. That's, that's, that's no business at all for kids to even be on the internet at that age, much less have social media platforms, Dad. What do you think? You know, Austin, I can say this, and I've seen it, you know, with people that I know. We've got children who are getting addicted to pornography at the age of 10. I mean, little girls. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, 16-year-old boys who are looking at a Playboy magazine, which is bad enough. We've got 10-year-old little girls who are curious and they're going online, they're typing things into the iPad or into the computer and they're looking at pornography and they're getting addicted to it at a very young age. And what it does, it messes with them so badly that it messes up their head. And then they get caught doing it and they start lying. 
Okay. And also now they're not only watching porn whenever they get a chance, they're lying about watching porn and they get away with it because they're lying. So they start lying about everything. And pretty soon you've got a kid that's lying to you constantly and you're like, what the heck, man? I didn't raise you this way. Ah, ah, the porn raised them that way. Well, then all of a sudden they can't hold down a job or they don't want to do any chores anymore. They don't get an allowance anymore. So they start stealing out of your wallet. So now you got them lying and cheating and stealing out of your wallet. And they're basically cheating in their school by now because they're too busy watching porn in the off hours and not doing their studying. So now you got a liar who's a cheater who's a thief who's addicted to pornography. Well, you, where does that kid go? How does that kid fix this? And here's the problem. It's like I told my kids, you know, when they became adults, I said, look, I'm not here to monitor your Internet stuff anymore. You know, you're 16, 17, 18 years old. You want a telephone? I can't control it. I can't do it. I can put some screens on it. I can put some filters on it, but you can use other people's phones to basically bypass all of that. So there's really nothing I can do except to try to raise you right, but you've got to make this choice. You've got to decide on what you want to do. See, it always comes down to that, doesn't it? Free will. A 16-year-old knows they're not supposed to be watching porn. A 16-year-old knows when they get a driver's license, they're not supposed to speed, especially after they've had a couple of tickets and their insurance has gone through the roof. A 16-year-old knows they're supposed to tell the truth. A 16-year-old knows that they're basically not supposed to steal stuff. The problem is the culture revolution has pushed these children and skewed them in the direction of doing the things that are not good and doing the things that are not correct in God's eyes. See, again, that's what I talked about in the first segment. We've got to stay culturally attached to the word of God. Jesus came to deliver us from the evil one. Now, because of the evil one with their Kabbalist networks of UNICEF and the United Nations and, you know, APAC and all of the other crazy stuff they're involved with, the Council on Foreign Relations and the Masonic Lodges, they've come in to try to teach our children to go their way. You know, guys, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Broad is the path that leads to destruction. We've got to keep our children right. And guys, teach your kids too. And you too. And this is something that's important for all of us. If you mess up and you do something you shouldn't do, apologize. Confess it. Say, Father, forgive me that I've done things that I shouldn't do, that I've said things I shouldn't have said, that I've been places I shouldn't have been. I talk to people I shouldn't have talked to. Forgive me for doing this, Lord. I'll try to do better. The Bible says you ask God to forgive you. He's going to forgive you. And then the next time, try to stand firm in what the Word says. That's why it's so important to teach your children Bible so they'll know what to say and how to come back when the evil one comes to them, which he will. Remember, it says if you resist the devil, he will flee. But, guys, most people don't do much resisting nowadays. Because you get the privacy of your own home, on your own computer, and nobody's around. Guys, it's really important that we resist. And if you can't resist, you probably need to put some monitors on your phones and your iPads and your computers and let your wife or your husband track what you're doing so you have an accountability partner. Just thought I'd mention that. I love you guys. And remember, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Guys, I love you. had the opportunity to pray for you today. Oh, and by the way, thank you for letting me come into your home or into your car today. 
and hang out with you for a bit. I really, really enjoy it. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely, absolutely, my friends. Thank you again for the continuous support of Health Masters. Like I said before, thank you for supporting small local businesses, online businesses that are helping to, you know, pursue the truth, so to speak. So thank you for taking care of Health Masters. If you guys need anything, healthmasters.com. Be sure to check out the product of the week on sale now. The food buckets, organic food buckets, great tasting product, 25-year shelf life. Ultimate multiple powder, 15% off on sale now, also on the front page. And the immune system support kit. We have a new fresh batch of the vitamin C antioxidants with quercetin, probably one of the best vitamin C's on the market. That's getting added back in to the immune support kit on the website since we just got a fresh batch in. So be sure to check it out, healthmasters.com. Thank you again for holding your convictions. Thank you for promoting the truth. And thank you for continuing to raise little Americans in this country. It is one of the most important things we have to continue to keep doing right now. As we see so many other things being compromised, you know, I get it. Nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. I'm not not here trying to point fingers at anybody, but we at least have to try to do the best we can and stand up for what we truly believe in and not just bow down every time somebody says, do this or do that. Thank you again, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>